Welcome to the Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud podcast. Willing to Listen is a grassroots volunteer group based in South Bruce, Ontario, that is dedicated to thoroughly investigating multiple aspects of Canada's proposed deep geological repository for spent nuclear fuel. I'm Sheila Wittick, and I'm so excited to have you join me as we delve into this controversial project. On today's Community Connection episode, I am joined by Barry Parsons. Barry is a local South Bruce resident. He's a husband, father, millwright, and local firefighter. Okay, thanks so much for joining me today, Barry. No problem. And if you wouldn't mind, just take a couple of minutes to introduce yourself so our listeners get a feel for who you are. Well, my name is Barry Parsons. I've lived in the municipality of South Bruce now for 17 years. I'm a member of the uh, South Bruce Fire Department. Before I moved to South Bruce, I lived in Aaron Eldersley, which is just another one of our neighboring municipalities. I also worked for 17 years at Bruce Power and in the nuclear industry, and I am a millwright by trade. Awesome. I like to start off with just my guests, especially for these community segments, telling me what you know about the proposed DGR in South Bruce. Well, I know that it's a, a plan for long-term or so-called permanent storage of spent nuclear fuel. Permanent being that it's going well beyond multiple generations past us. So the idea is to, to have a secure storage that wouldn't require people, wouldn't require people to, to care for it in, in the long-term in the event of some sort of uh, event in the future that, that would prevent us from doing that uh, as a human population. And so what kind of yeah. event do you think that would be? Well, there's a number of events that could occur. Um, we, we could have any type of political upset, um, economic collapse that, that would prevent uh, us from financially being able to take care of it as it currently stands. There's also some other apocalyptic type events that we don't wish to have to think about, which could include wars, volcanoes, asteroids, global warming, uh, future ice age, things like that, that uh, are, are all possibilities. And if you look at you know, long-term history that shows signs that those types of events do occur. Yeah, I had an interesting point brought up to me that I, I think I had thought about subconsciously, but I hadn't really processed was around that argument of we don't need to do this now because we don't, we're not in a state now where we need it permanently disposed of. And the comment made was when we're in the state though, where we do need it done now, it's not going to be the priority. You know, like if we're ever in a state where it's a world war or a really lethal pandemic or something, it's not going to be the priority. It, it certainly won't be the priority. And, and also, um, you know, any, any one of those apocalyptic type, type events also take into political upset and economic collapse as well, right? Where we no longer have the money or the capabilities to uh, execute these plans. Or the regulators. It may, it may even be that. It's safe. Maybe don't have the regulator, whether that is absolutely necessary in times of haste, maybe that, that could be argued. But uh, the, the reality is you might maybe just the manpower you don't have. If you're fighting a world war, who's digging the hole in the ground? Yeah, or even a pandemic, right? Like another. Or, or certainly, yeah. Yeah. A pandemic is an excellent example since it's all in our minds right now. Yeah, it's definitely opened my eyes to the need to uh, take care of this properly, that's for sure. So as a citizen of South Bruce, what benefits do you see 
coming to the community and they can be like things that you know for sure will be a benefit or things that you would hope to see like what kind of benefits do you think there would be well obvious one is that there's going to be economic benefits as we see with any business coming to town no, we do need to keep in the back of our mind that that's uh, an economic benefit directly from the project only for a short period of its life, but but it does allow us to look at you know f- future economic benefits as well through uh, opportunities to become you know a nuclear knowledge hub uh, and, and having some sort of safe site oversight as as long as that's uh, you know reasonably possible. Other benefits we also have to look at are maybe beyond our community itself, but beyond uh, going to a national level. Uh, national security would be a big one. You know, any, anytime you consider war, you know, we, we picture in our mind, you know, nu- nuclear war has, has ended World War II and began the Cold War. And uh, I mean, whether we want to consider that, you know, we people may be interested in, in uh accessing our waste or the fact that people could be using it to um, to create some sort of a, a, a dirty bomb by by damaging our current storage facilities um, it, it all poses risk that we could uh, limit and, and benefit our national security by moving forward with a, a project like we're talking about mm-hmm. the thing that I always I don't think is thought of necessarily thoroughly thought of is like you mentioned, the short term of the actual project itself, that's by no means short term, but you know, it's not a forever carrying on and the huge amounts of jobs. But you know, in bringing that here and setting up, and it attracts other businesses and industries to come and those businesses and industries could be more long term and could develop other industries, you know, and it's kind of like, I look at it more as a starting step. Like, I think there's a lot of potential there for spin-off industry and spin-off businesses that will be able to operate even after a DGR is closed. It doesn't necessarily rely on DGR operations. Well, there's absolutely that case. And, and I don't disagree with you there. Um, I, I, I guess I'm trying to stay relatively neutral on the subject because that seems to be um, one of the major arguments is, uh, you know, the economic benefits that are coming from this are they are is it a buy-off of our residents now i'd like to think that it's not but you know we wouldn't bring any business to town if there wasn't some sort of benefit to the residents short or long term yeah i agree that whole community well-being money as being a buy-off and bribery that whole narrative literally for lack of a better term just pisses me off (laughs) i try not to uh I try not to think about that one too much. On that note, also like considering yourself as a resident, thinking through that lens, like what concerns do you have about this project? Well, I mean, having uh, some experience in the nuclear industry, uh, my my concerns really aren't extremely deep neither. I mean, uh, and we can talk about, you know, possibilities of design failures, but we can talk about possibilities of design failures in its current situation as well. You know, my, the, the transportation of it is, is is probably one of the biggest concerns I have with uh, with it. And, and in, in reality, it's not even a large concern, uh, knowing that we do already transport uh, highly radioactive substances on the roadways on a regular basis with an impeccable safety record. Um, it's it's a little concern, 
my honest biggest concern about the whole project has more to do with the, the behaviors of the people in the current stat, state within our community and, and the way we've created a, a massive divide amongst ourselves and aren't willing to listen to the opinions of everybody around us. Right. My other concern actually to do with it currently is that uh, I want to say this without attacking those that are opposed, but we need to recognize that the, the people that design this, it's not just designed within our country. There's other countries that, that are considering similar avenues for their spent fuel. Knowing how the n- nuclear industry works, we often share information. So this isn't something that they just thought up of last week and decided, hey, we're going to dig a hole in the ground and back dump trucks up. This is a, a well thought out process. My a cousin of mine, uh, when he was in university 30 years ago, was involved with the Nuclear Waste Management Organization uh, when he was studying to become a geologist. So there, there's been a considerable amount of engineering, scientists involved in, in this to determine what the, the best foot forward is right now. And, and having those that are opposed seem to be that they're, they lack knowledge of the nuclear industry. Um, having those decide the fate of, of the project, not just for ourselves as a community, but for, you know, for a nation itself in, in the storage of our, our fuel. It seems wrong to me. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't have good words, but it, it's unfortunate that we can't want the information. And the fact that both sides of the argument are arguing the same thing. We all, all want to protect the waterways. We just have different ideas on how to go about it. Yeah. But I'm going to have tell you, I'm, I'm going to be looking at the scientists that have been involved in this and then that have a considerable experience with the nuclear industry, with, uh, with mining and have to put some sort of faith in them. Yeah. I, um, it's funny, actually, lately, I've seen myself and our willing to listen group in general being, I don't want to use the word accused, but like labeled as pro DGR, as if that's a bad thing. And I think the misunderstanding that's happening is that me specifically, I don't pretend to speak for the whole group. I've never been one to try to speak for everyone. I don't think that's my place. I am very pro DGR. I believe that DGRs are safe if implemented properly. I believe they are a solution. Do I believe we should build it in South Bruce? I don't know. So like you can be pro DGR, but not signing up to have it put here yet. And I think that's where a lot of people opposed to the project get a little mixed up. They think if someone's not terrified of a DGR, they automatically want it built here. And that's not the case. They just under, like myself, I understand the science behind the DGR. And I trust the scientists, like you said, who've been working on it for literally their whole lives. You know, I, I trust them. I have full faith in their ability. Well, I think some of our mistrust comes from um, our, our, our more of a political mistrust than a scientific mistrust. In the fact that uh, often projects are pushed forward with uh, with political mindset in order for re-election. Uh, one thing we can consider about this, we know that this project's been in, in the works for at least 30 years, if not more. It hasn't been a major platform of any of the uh, political parties in recent history, at least at a, at a federal level. Maybe at a municipal level it's involved, but at a federal level, the, the parties aren't using this as a major part of their platform for re-election. It's gone through multiple parties uh, that have been elected in uh, with, without you know, changing its, its direction. So 
politics doesn't to me seem to play a major part in, in this particularly well and the funny thing about politics and i could get myself in trouble here but especially when we look at the municipal level at the last election almost everyone running said they were in favor of the process pro process and there's quite a few people who were not elected that now we're like, no, NWMO, NWMO is awful. We don't want this. When not that long ago, they were very pro-process. And it just seems like they've they've all of a sudden flipped. Anyway, I just think politics are kind of interesting that way. You know, that someone's opinion actually doesn't stay their opinion. They flip based on kind of how they read the community, I guess, is maybe the way to put yeah. it. Yeah, and I should just maybe reiterate my past statement. It's, it's not playing a part in our federal politics. It certainly is playing a part in our municipal politics. But, uh, you know, I guess my point is that, you know, our, our, our federal government hasn't been pushing it hard as a platform. And, and this thing has been has stayed stable through multiple parties in, uh, at a federal level. I find that interesting, too, right? When, like, the federal liberals right now are really pushing SMRs. But they've never really addressed the waste of the fuel and of the industry in general. And I find that of politicians, they tend to avoid landfills, garbage, waste. They try, they tend to avoid all of that if they can. They try not to ever include themselves in the back end of any industry, really. Well, I think we have to consider when, it, when you look at industry, all industry has some sort of waste. So how we deal with the waste is something that needs to be considered. And, and to be able to, to balance that in a method that the planet can continue to um, to look after itself is, is really important as well. So although we can say let's put up windmills everywhere tomorrow, it won't meet our energy needs. Uh, we have to have other generation to provide for it, and windmills have their own waste when they become damaged or or use up their relevant lifetime. Same with solar panels or running coal plants. We the waste goes up into our atmosphere and, and dirties the air. So there, there's waste in everything we do. And I've always said that too, the the thing that's unique about nuclear is like outside of the few bundles they use for testing, they can tell you where every single bundle is at every every moment in time. They pull up the serial number and they know where that is. If it's in reactor number two somewhere, they can tell you. Yes. Which I think is pretty impressive. There's no other industries that track their waste like nuclear. No, and, and part of that is, is heavy regulation. I mean, uh, part of that comes from our own national security policies as well, so that we can make sure that we're tracing our spent fuel and that it can't be used for purposes other than, uh, you know, that it was designed for. Yeah, there's a lot of oversight that I think the average Joe is not aware of. I know when I started working at Bruce Power, it changed my view of nuclear so much once you like see it and live it all the time and i say that i was just saying that the day to someone um we were talking about radiation and being worried about radiation i'm like honestly when i go to work radiation is the last thing i'm worried about like i'm worried about a steam line breaking <laughs> or like there's so much worse things that can happen at the nuclear plant that don't involve radiation for sure for sure yeah it's it's funny that once you're immersed in it, all of a sudden, the thing that scares everyone else is kind of in the background and not a stand up standalone thing. Are there any specific concerns you have, like through the lens of being an emergency responder? 
I, I'm going to answer that, but I first want to just make sure I re reiterate that these are opinions of my own and don't necessarily reflect that of our emergency responders within South Bruce. Personally, I, I have very little concern at all. My biggest concern would be that we make sure we have some knowledge on how to approach a situation where we may find uh, a, a nuclear issue. I haven't done a ton of research on the transportation, and I think they haven't fully came up with a complete transport plan yet because they don't have a, a location for this to go to. But I, it's assumed that there's likely going to be not just a truck hauling the nuclear material, but it's probably going to be accompanied by some sort of other vehicles with people of um, or that have the capability of doing nuclear surveys in the event of a, a, an accident on our roadways going sideways in the facility itself so it would require some training by our personnel on you know possibly mine rescue uh, presumably they'll have some sort of uh, you know rescue force of their own but we need training on on how to um, supplement that uh, that rescue or and again the, the possibility that there is some sort of radiation incident at the site which is highly unlikely and again these, these places tend to have their own staff that are capable of, of initial management of a radioactive response to an emergency such as that yeah and i think anything any large scale like i think when people think of a radiation emergency they picture they like let's be honest they picture chernobyl and i think a big thing that is a really big misunderstanding is that you know, Chernobyl was a reactor meltdown, and that cannot happen in a DGR. There's not enough fissionable material in there for the fuel to go critical and cause a meltdown. So, like people see people see Chernobyl and hear about Chernobyl, and they hear nuclear waste facility, and they go, "Oh my God, we're going to be Chernobyl!" <laughs> but you know, they don't understand the mechanism of how Chernobyl happened, so they can't properly make that. Well, they improperly make the comparison when it isn't relevant, kind of like you said, right? It's not relevant. Keep in mind that, uh, you know, Chernobyl was another one of those, uh, although we hate to say it, it was a politically motivated incident. Yeah. We, we could probably talk about that for and too, but uh, you oh, know, yeah. Soviet it Russia. had a lot to do with <laughs> Soviet Union at the time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But certainly don't have enough fissionable material, uh, the, the likelihood of, uh, you know, what initially caused Chernobyl was an explosion of the reactor itself, followed by a meltdown. And, and, and those are two things that aren't going to happen. And, and just because we have spent fuel that includes some amounts of uranium and plutonium and other isotopes doesn't mean you're driving a nuclear bomb down the road. In fact, you can carry highly enriched plutonium down the road and it would still never explode because it needs to be in such perfect circumstances in order to create a nuclear weapon that that it's 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 actually far safer than you know taking a fuel truck down the road as far as explosions go yeah i know somebody has mentioned that once about a milk truck going down the road because it doesn't have the same baffles in it for the liquid because of food handling or i don't know i don't follow milk truck guidelines but they were talking about how they're like pretty dangerous down the road I'm like, oh. yes which is kind of crazy when you think about it yeah so the, I, I, it, it just goes back to my saying that, that there's nothing done without some sort of risk and it's all a calculated risk, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, they've calculated the risk, of, you know, not having baffles in a tank to 
the possibility of, you know, poisoning large volumes of milk that could hurt numerous people as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. The reward outweighs the risk. That's correct. So the next question is kind of, we've kind of touched on it already, but it's more about the community and how you've seen this project changing the community or affecting the community positively and negatively. Well, <laughs> I mean, as for positive effects, um, some people are learning about the industry, which I think is, is good because it, uh, it benefits you in the ability to make an informed decision. You know, pe people that had no idea what the nuclear industry was that, that, you know, is in operation only 50 kilometers from home. Understanding what it is and, and what it does for us, I think, is important. I mean, obviously, right now, there's some sort of economic benefit to having uh, them in our town, that there's opportunities for employment and, um, you know, uh, any spinoff businesses that may come from it. Uh, down the road. But uh, right now, in all honesty, it, it's sad to say, but most of the stuff I see is uh, is negative, which is all behavior-based. It's uh, community behavior. People are boycotting businesses. There's people that are rude and ignorant to each other, unwilling to hear each other's opinions. And it's uh, it's a sad sight. I, I think one of these things that we need to start looking at is, is people are trying to take too, too many issues to heart here. So, there's, there's several issues that are involved. One being, would you be willing to uh, have a deep geological repository if it was deemed safe? That, that's a single issue on your own. Um, the, so, and the determining willingness of a community uh, around that. The, the idea of whether the nuclear industry at all should exist and, and should some of these people with little knowledge of the nuclear industry be uh, lobbying for certain regulations when they're unaware of how it already is regulated or works is, is a bit insane to me as well. But uh, we got to sit down and, and respect each other's opinions, listen to the, the science that's out there and, and look at everything as a, as a big picture, understand how our energy system works, how our energy usage is, is always increasing and how I mean, I work for the nuclear industry. I'll tell you the nuclear industry or nuclear power is not the be all and end all, but it might be what we need right now to until we develop new technologies uh, of energy production down the road or, or more efficient uses of energy. So we need to keep that, that the whole issue of whether nuclear energy in general is of any benefit to us or not. Like, so we've got several issues that need to be broken up as well. Uh -huh. So just on the topic of being in the industry, I don't know if you have ever heard this, this narrative around town. I get told that as a nuclear worker, I'm biased and I really don't care if this is safe or not because Bruce Power tells me that I should support this. So like, have you ever heard those, those kind of, those kind of things? And like, how do you feel about that? Well, I have heard uh, stuff said like that. Nothing has ever been said to me, but um, I think it would be important for, for those that are opposed to it to ask people that are in the sector why it is that they feel that there's a benefit to it as, a, as opposed to just hold them against their own opinions. 
everybody's going to generate their own opinions over time through the information that uh, is provided to them. But, but I think it's important we ask each other questions and, and, and going the other way too. If, if people are opposed to it, what is it that you don't like? If it's just truly that you just don't want it in your own backyard, I'm okay with that. Say it's, you know, you don't you want it in your own backyard. We can create a separate argument as to why you don't want it in your own backyard, but that, but that's another argument. If you just, the reason you're, you're not willing, so be it. But, but to try and um, dig in and, and create false or misleading facts it isn't a benefit to any of us neither. Right. In, in, in fact, it, it's detrimental to everyone because if you're caught doing that, then people around you lose a lot of respect for you as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing that I, there's, it's kind of twofold what I see with that. But, you know, I, I find it kind of strange that there's not an overwhelming amount of people here that are overly familiar with nuclear, but in Bruce County, for sure, there are a ton of people and no one's really asking, like nobody opposed is really asking us why, you know, we just get painted with this, oh, they're in favor of it because they work for the industry, but nobody really asks us why we think it's safe or why we think it would be okay or why we're considering doing this, which I find strange because like if my child is sick, I go and ask a doctor, what's wrong? I don't go and ask my car mechanic. You know, if, if my sink right. is leaking, I go and ask a plumber, you know, I don't go and ask a pilot. Like it's, you ask people who have experience within the field of you, that you're looking at. So I always find it very strange that nuclear workers are almost dismissed as, oh, they're nuclear workers. You can't trust them, which is silly because there's no other industry where you do that. Yes, I agree. If, if I felt it was unsafe, I, I wouldn't want to stay here and and i do and i feel it's a, it, it's safe for the long term in fact I, I feel it's a safer solution now, i'm not going to argue that there's not going to be some risk to it but i think there's a risk to everything you do yeah no matter what it is i mean there's a risk in in, in me walking to the corner store to buy a jug of milk every day, right mm-hmm. you know i could trip and fall i could get hit by a car as i cross the road you know so everything we do has has inherent risk is is the idea of looking at what the risks are and, and determining and or, or calculating, you know, the likelihood of that uh, occurring and, yeah. and opposed to, you know, other ways around it. I know I, I think of that sometimes when I'm thinking of rolling stewardship versus a DGR. And I know it's like this loss for me, like a loss of institutional control is the probably the biggest risk with rolling stewardship. Like what happens if people can't look after it for whatever reason? And I'm like, if you look in history, we maybe have a hundred, couple hundred years before something like that happens. <laughs> you know, I think the CNSC and the international standard is about 300 years. It's how long they figure you could do rolling stewardship. And I'm like, if we're thinking about, you know, fuel storage going south in 300 years or less versus my figures for a DGR are like 5 million years before anything goes wrong. How is it okay to accept a risk in less than 300, but more than 5 million years from now is too much of a risk? Like we're talking about longer than humans have ever existed. <laughs> for, for sure. And, and I mean, 
you know, taking into account just just an economic upset that that could prevent that from moving forward. Look at countries like Venezuela, where they had massive inflation, and suddenly the you know the, the country just falls apart. You know, we've spent a, a huge amount of money recently on on a pandemic. In fact, we we more than doubled forty years of incurred debt in less than one year as a country. We could have an economic collapse any day now. For, for all that matters. Like, as, as far as I'm concerned, if it doesn't happen now, there's a good chance it's going to happen within a couple of generations. So we, we should look at, at doing something that uh, is far more long-term as a solution. Uh, that in the event where human intervention is no longer available, it would still remain a safer solution than what we have. Uh-huh. I, I think the idea of keeping hum, human uh, intervention at to some level with the project as long as is possible is, is beneficial. Right. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Someone said it to me yesterday. I think it was just yesterday. And I found it interesting, you know, that a DGR at first is basically rolling stewardship just underground. Cause like, as they fill the placement rooms, the placement rooms will get sealed with the access tunnels will still be open and they can still walk up to the face of the access room and make sure everything seems okay. You know, if anything goes wrong where they feel they need to intervene, they can do so relatively easily until they seal it up. So that whole extended monitoring period, all of the access tunnels are still open. It's just the placement rooms that are sealed. So literally, as long as we want to keep monitoring it, you have easy access to fix something. Yes. And and the ability that if some new technology manifests itself that allows us to make the, the 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 fuel less dangerous then there's the ability to access it in a period of time right i mean i think ultimately all of us would love that to be a solution where we can just magically snap our fingers and it becomes non-radioactive and, and it solves all our problems i mean we we can argue that there's more energy left in the fuel as well i mean we we can look at ways to uh enrich what's left of the fuel or create breeder reactors to continue using the fuel, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that you end up with radioactive materials that need to be placed somewhere for the long term. Yep. Yeah, that's something too that I think is overlooked a lot. The fact that even if we reprocess and reuse this fuel, there's still a waste product. Like there's never going to be zero waste. That's not a thing. Yeah. So my last question um, could possibly be the easiest maybe it's the hardest all depends i guess is what advice would you give to somebody who is unsure or undecided about this project i think a lot of people are truly undecided in general so it's more of a unsure like if someone's just not sure what to think what kind of advice would you give them i just tell them to reach out for information there's lots of sources of it around i mean nwmo is in town they have a storefront that you can go to knock on the door, ask questions. If you don't like the answers to their questions, reach out to somebody else. There, there's the willing to listen group, which you're um, affiliated with. And, and I'm, I'm sure that if you don't have an answer, you can point them in the direction. We've, we've got other nuclear uh, related industries around town that uh, some members may be willing to provide you information on it. Although the, the actual DGR may not be there expertise, the understanding the nuclear field may help reiterate or, or enforce some of the information that was provided, provided to you. Reach out to the 
um, the, the groups that are against this and see what their opinions are, where they're getting their information from. Um, another thing I'll say is don't allow someone to force their opinion on you. Anytime you're provided with information and research it to ensure that it's accurate and, and relevant to what we're talking about. I, I did mention earlier, there's a lot of information that's gone around that is in some cases inaccurate, although those are very few, but it is uh, in many cases, the information provided is irrelevant to this particular project. So research your answers and, and make sure you're, you're getting all the information you need. Listen to both sides of the argument. I mean, th there, there is good information provided by those that are opposed and those that are for this project. So listen to both sides, even if you are leaning one way or the other. Participate is one of my biggest ones. Participate, get out, go to some of the workshops. It's been hard in the last year due to COVID, but there's been online workshops. You've got an opportunity here that if, if there's something that, uh, they, that you feel is missing in the project or something that you think is seen or should be seen in the project, then, then go out and voice your opinion because in all honesty, they are willing to listen. Uh, I, I have personally participated in workshops and, and on uh, environmental studies for it. And, and many of the ideas that were brought up at those workshops are, are looking at being implemented right now in order to ensure that the, the residents' uh, voices have been heard and that you know, we can create a good baseline environmental program. Um, make sure you develop your own opinion and, and, and don't just allow someone else to give you an opinion. We all need to recognize that whether we're for or against the project, the, we're all arguing for the same thing. We want long-term safety of our spent fuel. So, you know, we're, it seems silly that we're arguing this, but we, <laughs> the, the ultimate end goal is the same. We just have different opinions on how to go about it. And, and again, understand that years of research by engineers and scientists developed this plan. And, you know, many of the people that are against it have very little uh, knowledge or experience in the nuclear industry. So uh, although they've hired some, some renowned people that are, you know, uh, against the nuclear industry in general, make, make sure you, you recognize the information they provide and, and review it on your own and, and make up your own opinions again. But most of all, you know, develop your own opinion and, and, and participate in the stuff that's going on in the community so you can, you can learn and ask questions. I've always, I say it all the time now, don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. We don't have a perfect <laughs> solution and we never will. Everything's got a risk to it and we just have to pick what we know now to be the best route. Yep, but, but absolutely, just reach out, participate, talk to people. Uh, and, and, and treat everybody with respect. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've got a neighbor that uh, is openly opposed to the project and I can still talk to them on a regular basis. We don't ridicule each other. We don't talk about our opinions. If each of us, either of us had an opportunity to, you know, or had a question we wanted to ask of each other, we'd answer it in respect and, and wouldn't just shout at each other. So I encourage our community to, to try and do that from here on in. I do think the... The overwhelming, this division everyone keeps talking about, I do feel like it's a very specific few making it very difficult 
for people. I like, I don't believe the whole community's like that. I have friends too that are, that have yellow signs on their lawn and we still chat, we still go, whatever, like it's fine. So I don't believe that the project is creating the problem, it's the people. And it's yeah. all in how people respond. Some are responding well and some are not. I'd, I'd really like to encourage people to participate though too. Like, I mean, if, if it comes down to the point where we may need to vote on, on the project at, at some point, get out there and let people know how you feel. Even if you don't care, go mm -hmm. out and, and make yourself heard. I mean, it's one of the problems with the democracy is where the, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And, yeah. you know, we have people that, that are for something that, that lobby heavily into government to, to get it in place. And the matter is that it, it's, it's not a big enough issue for people to, to challenge that argument. And, and that's sort of the case we have here. We've got the squeaky wheel that's against the project and enough people that just, they don't see enough immediate, immediate benefit to them to, to really care a whole lot about us. So they let it just slide by. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. This has been really good. No problem. And that's it for this episode of Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud. I look forward to further investigating Canada's plan for spent nuclear fuel along with all of you. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. Mm -hmm.